With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right now. Hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. Uh, I'm, I'm glad again on another Wednesday night to share with you the um, word concerning uh, the Lord's Prayer. And um, as I stated, we opened up with William McDowell, Show Me Your Face, and it's a personal relationship that you've got to desire. We're going to dig in tonight when it pertains to um, the Lord living inside of you. And, um, you know, and I've I've shared this before, that many times when uh, we're expecting guests or uh, sometimes even when um, it's not a particular guest, but... um, you know, if we're getting ready to go out of town, we come up with all kinds of reasons to um, really just uh, keep the house as close to immaculate as we can. And, and um, you know, someone else could be coming home. We could be having family over, um, friends that, again, um, they're not judgmental friends. But when we know, we're always, um, again, keeping the house tidy. And, and, and that's a blessing. And it would be a blessing if we did the same thing with our spiritual bodies, our spirit man, because we have a guest that lives inside of us. And we're going to talk about that tonight as we, again, recap and then move into this next area of the Lord's Prayer. Our prayer tonight is that the Lord would have his way in the midst of our Bible study and um, in, the, in the form of a formal prayer or an opening prayer, we say, Lord, have your way. Let your will be done in this Bible study. Reveal um, to the level that you know we can handle. We thank you, O God, for what you've already done in our lives. We pray that you will continuously um, show yourself mighty. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, and again, I, and, I, and I understand, um, you know, we, we want to fashion ourselves as um, we've done in, in the past, you don't, we habits are hard to break. However, if you open yourself up to the Spirit of God, you're going to see that God will reveal to you personally um, the direction that you should go in pertaining to your prayer life. So let's look. Let's look again in Matthew chapter. Well, that must be an incoming call. Help us, God. Matthew chapter 6, and in Matthew chapter 6, again, we're looking at the ninth verse. It says, after this manner, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm not going to dig too deep into it, but if you look at the opening of Matthew, and um, starting with the fifth chapter, where it says in verse number 2, and it says, and he opened his mouth, and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, and and then leading all the way through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, lust, adultery, and divorce, looking at uh, chapter 5, verses 27 through 32, 
perjury and retaliation forbidden. You, when you start to look at these things that's leading up to chapter 6 and then getting into the Lord's Prayer, instruction, listen, instruction in praying, instructions in praying. That's the highlight there. However, if you look at the beginning where it says, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have your reward. When you read these kind of things, let me tell you something. This is all, I mean, it is a command. No, it's not one of the Ten Commandments, but whenever you read the Word of God, it is a instruction from God on how we're supposed to behave. <clears throat> You've got to be able to look at yourself and see if what I just did or what I've been doing isn't in line with the Word of God. Then when it gets to verse number 9 where it talks about the prayer, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, when we start to, again, to identify God as our Father and to know that this is not a slothful Father. When it comes to protecting, when it comes to providing the provisions which we need, um, then you understand God is on his job. Then we look at him not as an earthly father, but hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, so, again, when, when we look at the kingdom come, that will be done. Watch this. You're going to see that as we move into this next area, in earth. Now, we have translated that, and if you punch it in in Google, I know when I punched it in, when you punch it in, in earth as it is in heaven, most of the scriptures that's going to be brought up is going to be on earth. It's not going to say in earth. And I love that uh, Overseer Warren brought it to my attention. One day we were in church, and she brought up that it was in earth, not on earth, because out of a habit, and I don't care who you are, sometimes you will slip into a habit, habit that is not godly, a habit. And listen, sometimes we'll get dogmatic. We will, we will argue the case on different points that are not biblical. So you've got to look at what we do, why we do it. So when, when she brought it to my attention and said, hey, that's in earth, not on earth. Now, again, some folks may call it semantics, but I like the impact that in earth has on, on, on my spirit, man, than on earth. On earth, and I believe this is how a lot of us go wrong, that things are on us, but they're not in us. And when they're in you, listen, they should um, cause you to do things differently. When it's in you, listen, when you're, when you're and, and, I, and I've prayed this prayer plenty of times in times past, that the Lord would saturate me with his spirit. Saturate me. When I say saturate me, that it is literally oozing out of me as a spirit man, that it, 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 comes like an illuminating light. He says, you are the light of the earth. When you are the light of the world, let me tell you something. You are illuminating so that the word of God would be in me so richly, that the spirit of God would be in me so richly that it would illuminate me, that it would permeate my body, that it would actually ooze out of me as a powerful force, that no darkness, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, no darkness would be able to stand 
because of the light of God living inside of me. Now, what we what we read here when it says in earth as it is in heaven, you're going to see the connection of the words that proceeded where it says thy kingdom come thy will be done now again those are really connected because when you look at the kingdom of god and the will of god when we look at the kingdom of god where god rules as king so what he says is not questioned and 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 that's when we say, listen, before you can really move into the will of God, you got to look at God as your king. And when God is your king, then the will of God is easy for you to adapt to. Why? Because he's my king. Whatever he says goes. Some people are protesting against uh, President Trump and saying, not my president. They, because what he stands for, I don't want to do. What he says, I don't agree with it. So they say, not my president. Well, many times by our actions, we're saying, not my king. He's not my God. Why? Because the will of God and the word of God are in sync. And when he's your king, let me tell you something. You're not questioning what he said. It's just do it. And you've got to understand that our God is so merciful because if he was the kind of king that we have read about in times past, you'll see that the king says, do what I say do or I'm going to put you in jail. Do what I say do or I'm going to behead you. Do what I say do or I'll put you in the stocks. So the, what, we, what we observe is that God is so merciful. He's so kind and he's so loving. There's a, a chapter Back in the uh, the latter portion of the Bible, in I think it's first, second, or third John, where it talks about God being love. So that's what we love about our King. He is not like kings of the earth. So it says, "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done." Now, if He's King, His will is going to be done. If He's King, His word is going to be done. So we move into this next area because it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. So when you say in earth, now you got to look. Now, uh, whether you're talking about the earth that he created, you're talking about the skies, I'm, I'm sorry, you're talking about the trees, you're talking about the land, you're talking about the water. He spoke these things into existence, and, it, and, and his will be done in earth, or you're relating it to the earth, the earth in vessel. And, and I believe, where is that at? Uh, we have this treasure, 2 Corinthians. Let's go, let's go there real quick. Uh, where do I want to pull it up at? I'm going to put it up in the Bible hub. All right. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 4. And we're going to look at six. Oh, no, we can't do that in this one. We got to do one or the other. Let's look at six first. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse number six. For God, who said, let, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine, where? In our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God, God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So as we're looking into, listen, when we understand that God, and some people have taken this 
to the extreme where they literally call themselves gods. Now, whether we are gods because we are Christ-like and Christ was a god, still is a god, whether we we look at ourselves because I'm Christian, I'm Christ-like, so that means I am a god. Listen, it, it's okay to understand the relationship, and that is my brother, and if he's a god, then you call yourself a god. It's okay as long as you understand that he is the superior not to say, oh, I'm a God, but Christ is your model. Christ is your brother. When it says um, we all children of God, he is the first begotten of all the children, so we are as he is. When we start to look at it, as long as you don't get to the point, and this is where I believe folks make the error, they start to look as if they're God without having Christ. They're gods without having the rule and the regulations and the commandments and the precepts that God has put in place for us to to be able to access the power that he says we're supposed to have. And and not that we're supposed to have it, that we got it, and that when we when we wield that power, we wield it with a discipline. And see, this is the example that Christ set for us. So when you start to access that, it can get out of hand for many people, and this is what happens in the law. When you start keeping the law, you start doing things in a particular way that that, that starts to bear on the mind and the heart of that believer that, wow, I am righteous in and of the acts that I'm doing. No, no, no. I'm righteous because of the blood of Christ. I'm righteous because of my relationship being engrafted into the family of God, making me his child. And it's easy to, again, to put the godly, he wants us to be godly, and and we are godly, but you've got to keep that under control. You've got to keep that with a discipline. I, I love the scripture where it talks about, it says, you have two different two different concepts and it says you have a sacrifice and then you got obedience and then it says obedience is better than sacrifice so when it comes to obedience we are under this rule of the most high okay so again and i don't want to get too far off where it talks about this earthen vessel. This is God being inside us. Now I'm going to jump to verse number seven. And then it says, and I'm going back, verse number six, so I can recap and then bring us up. Bring us up to verse number seven, where it says, I'm looking at the living translation now. Where it says, For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Okay? Now watch this. That same treasure, and this is again where the godly of the believer comes in, but we have this treasure in jars. That's one translation. But now we have this light shining in our hearts. That's another translation. 
And then you have the King James where it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency and the power may be of who? Of God and not of ourselves. So in this prayer where we say in earth, as it is in heaven. So we start to relate. When you really, really get it, that that's God in you. When you really start to understand this earthen jar, this clay jar, he says he, he blew, 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 blew into the nostrils the, the breath of life. That's God blowing in you. This is the life that we have inside us. And you wonder, how in the world does this body keep going? Where is its battery? How in the world does God do it? I never, listen, never had to go get the battery charged. Never have to hook it up. Years and years and years. And the fascinating thing is when you read the Old Testament and you read about those who live for 900 years and more, you start to, wow, how in the world can this body continue to grow and live in 900 years? That's God. See, that's a, a, a reason right there to lift up your hands. That's a reason right there to focus in and to say, wow, this is what God has given us, this awesome ability, watch this, to live. Uh, where do we read it from? Let's go to here. It says, but we have this treasure in a fragile vase of clay in order that the surpassing greatness of the power may be seen to belong to God and not to originate in us and not to originate. It didn't come from us. And, and this is the reverence that we have for our God. So as we read this prayer, as we begin to pray, this, this is the power of your prayer. When you access God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in me. God, do what you want to. See, this is what I'm trying to relate that's been revealed to me, and then I try to relate it. And, and again, my challenge is to Lord, just be patient until the Lord opens their understanding. Keep, keep reiterating the fact that, that Scripture supports that God's will is powerful, more powerful than ours, and it's God in us. Why wouldn't he want his will to be done when he gave us, watch this, of himself? And that's our greatness. Any greatness we have, any ability, any great ability that we have, we owe it all to God. Okay? So that was, uh, what, six or seven. Okay? So, again, it goes into this earth and vessel. Now, when we look at it in earth, I'm looking at verse number, what is it? As it is in heaven. That's verse number 10. So when we look at verse number 10, watch this. I'm looking at verse number 10 from the Amplified. Your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See how the Amplified says on earth. Now, watch this. This is the, I think this is easy to read. I got to go to the top. 
What is that one? Okay, right. That's easy to read. Now I'm looking at easy to read, verse number 10. It says, we pray your kingdom will come, and what you want will be done here on earth. So although it relates to God and his will, but when it relates to us, it breaks it down on earth. Now, I'm I'm not getting caught up on semantics. However, the way the scriptures support is in us. Okay? Now, another scripture I want to bring out. Want to look at where do we go with this one? Let's let's try it right here. First Corinthians, and we're going to look at chapter three. You know where you say John three sixteen. First Corinthians three sixteen. First Corinthians three sixteen. Don't you know that yourselves are God's temple, and that and that God's spirit dwells. In your midst, that's New International Version. Don't you know that your yourselves are God's temple? Now, when 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 it does not sink in, you keep doing just any old kind of thing. When it does sink in, when you eat food, guess what? You definitely want to pray over it before you put it in your body. Why? Because it's going in there with God's spirit. Certain thoughts, Deacon Shepherdson and I was talking today, and I was I was um, explaining how I, I had a dream, and the dream um, was not in sync. Even a dream that that again can be can be provoked by something that you have watched, something that you have read, something that you have been you thought that you left unchecked, and this dream came in. And I didn't like the dream. It's like vulgar. I'm like, no, I don't like that. When that kind of thing happens, you got to learn to check it and to get rid of it. No, I don't have these kind of dreams all the time. So if it's a negative dream, if it's a violent dream, if it's a sexual dream, if it's whatever kind of dream, if it's not in line with the word of God, then guess what? I want that thing gone. Why? Because this body, when you look at it this way, is the temple of God. So it says in the in the um, prayer, Matthew chapter six, verse number ten, it says, "Thy will be done in earth, in me." Just as you do in heaven, and I don't want to move too quick into to the to the dealing with the heaven because again, when we look at it, that's the will of God, God being king, and and the way that is done in heaven is God is king. It ain't no questions. So when it's not a question, guess what? If it's not a question in heaven, when you pray this prayer, you got to understand what you're saying. The same way you're doing it in heaven right now, you do it in me right now. And God reigns as king. There's no question about him reigning as king. There's no there's no uh, uh, enemy that can stand against him in heaven. There's no enemy that can stand against him on earth or in earth. And when we get this understanding, that draws us closer to him. 
He says, in all you're getting, get understanding. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because, again, when he says, you seek me, you'll find me. When you seek after him, and this is what I'm saying, you've got to get on a mission about finding what is the will of God. It says, don't you realize that, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God's keeping us alive. The temple of God, the temple of God, the temple of God. Listen to, uh, hold on. I saw another one. Here we go right here. I like this one. Holman, Christian Standard Bible. Holman. It says, don't you, don't you yourself know that you are God's sanctuary? You are God's sanctuary. There's quite a few of them that says sanctuary. You are God's sanctuary. He lives inside of us. So it says, what I want is his kingdom to come, his will to be done, where? How is it going to happen? It happens in you. It happens when you relinquish your power over to him. Okay? We read 1 Corinthians 3.16. Now, this one I want to read, again, out of some different translations. Here's another one. Galatians chapter 1. Start with 15. We're going to do 15 and 16. Just waiting for it to come up. Galatians chapter 1, 15 and 16. 15 and 16. We're going to read 15 first. It says, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me his, by his grace, was pleased. And I've got to look because you know what? I think in these different translations, it cuts the text a little short. Let's look at this one. Please him by his grace. Okay, New Living Translation, it says, But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him. Now, Again, if if you hear it the way I hear it, it's constantly his will be done. God called us. God formed us. God knew us before the foundation of the earth. It's God, God, God. Why wouldn't his will be done? But see, it is a very selfish person who, again, says, God, thank you for this power, and and, and I pray that you hear it. Thank you for this power. Now, I want to do this my way. Help me, Holy Ghost. The enemy, you got to know it. He says, no, you set this thing up this way. I want to do it a different way. I want to have, I want to, I want to, no, 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 no. It's a people who God gives this authority to, who God gives this power to, who turn around and say, God, we don't want it. We want it your way. All right, that was Galatians. Now we're going to jump to uh, 16. From the womb, he he called us, and when we look at this verse number 16, it says, Living Bible Translation, to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. This is, again, Paul talking. God called me to do this from, from in my, no, from the foundation of the world. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. 
Now I'm going to read that in. So, again, in the King James, it says, I reveal to reveal his son in me. Now, what happens is God is trying to get his word out through Paul, and he says that Christ is literally being revealed in him by the preaching of the gospel to the Gentiles. And this is what it, the love of God in us, it says, you shall know them by their love. By what we do, the love that we show for other folks, God is showing his son, Christ Jesus, in us. All right? That was Galatians 15 and 16. Now, this one, I really, really, hold on, in 15 and 16, hold on, I wanted to read that one in another translation. Okay, help me, Holy Ghost. Okay, this one is God's Word, God's Word translation, to show me his son. He did this so that I would would tell people who are not Jews that his son is the good news. So, again, there's another translation when it pertains to um, Paul's mission and our mission to let the love of God show through us, in us, and in his particular case was the preaching of the gospel, the witnessing to unbelievers, and not just those who were God's chosen people, but those who God engrafted in, which was the Gentiles. He reveals his son in me that it might preach Okay, and I'm going to move to the next one. Ephesians, okay, we're going to look at Ephesians, and we're going to look at 3, 17, because this one, again, gives us a description, not only when it says uh, Christ in us, and again, tonight, what we're hammering is for us to understand that God is living inside of you. There are certain things that you, again, that we get dogmatic over a lot of stuff. No, no, don't do that. Don't say that. And it's earthly things. But when it comes to the things of God in us, where it comes to God being in us, the same way it is in heaven. So when it comes to in heaven, no, 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 you ain't got no sin in heaven. You're not going to have sin in heaven. You Watch this. You're not going to have negative thoughts in heaven. You're not going to have tormenting thoughts in heaven. You're not going to have arguments over the word in heaven. So the same way you do it in heaven, Lord, I want you to do it in me. And see, once you relinquish this and you understand that it's coming from Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, which is God breathed, God spoke it, then you start to teach, you start to treat your earthen vessel different. Watch this. It says here, New Living Translation. Then Christ will make, and I'm looking at Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, help me, Holy Ghost, your roots will be, will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Come on, we got to read that one in another one. I want you to get it. 
King James said that Christ may dwell in you in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in love, established in love, rooted and grounded in love. Watch this one. It says here, I'm just scanning. Hold on. Here we go. And all those rooted and grounded, I guess there's no easier way. Here we go. Watch this one. This is Darby, Darby Bible translation, that the Christ may dwell through faith in your hearts, being rooted and founded in love. And what I'm trying to do is just, again, looking at it from different slants. And when we look at it, found the foundations, here we go. Here is the Weimouth, Weimouth New Testament. And I pray that Christ may make his home in your hearts through your faith. And, I, and see, that is a, an area right there that you really got to meditate on. And, and when it comes to meditation, it's to take that word, to read over it, think about it, pray. And before you read it, pray, read it, think about it, pray about it. And then as you go off to sleep, Think more about it. I guarantee, listen, I guarantee you, the way when when you wake up or even throughout the night, this word is going to be magnified to you. I've done it so many times where you meditate on something. And when it comes to your clean vessel, that's, that's a constant. I tell folks all the time, and I've mentioned it over and over again, you have got to wash yourself in the blood of Jesus. Lord, please forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me of that. Have mercy on me, God. Why? Because I don't want that thought. I definitely don't want that deed. And if I got a deed, it's coming out. The, the negativity that came out of my mouth or the negativity that came out of my action came out of something that has been rooted and grounded in your heart. The Bible is saying that here, that by faith in your heart, which should be rooted and grounded, should be love. And when we talk about love, let me tell you something. God so loved the world that he gave that you so love, you're supposed to give. You're so, you so love that you're supposed to sacrifice. And this sacrifice is an awesome sacrifice. It's not just doing it for the sake of doing something. It's not just doing it for the sake of saying, I did a good deed. But out of your love for the in your commitment to God and his word and what he's asked you to do. This, again, is the will of God that you're doing this to please him. So it's rooted and grounded in love. And when you, listen, when you start talking about rooted and grounded, it's no better example than one of them big old oak trees. And, and again, the Lord is just blessed. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm loving on, on, on trees and, and nature and things of that nature. And, and when I look and I see those tall, tall trees with the huge trunks, and you can imagine the root system. 
Sometimes you'll see the roots coming up out of the ground at another location from this one tree sitting solitary by itself in the midst of this field. And all of a sudden, I'm talking way away from it over here, big old roots coming out of the ground. This is when it says rooted and grounded. So your roots are supposed to be strong. What? In love. Charity. They call it charity. Grounded in love. How do you do that in love? So your actions of love, that's going to push that root. He says, well, when you get the sunlight, the tree. When it gets the sunlight, the air, the water, the roots grow. When you get the wind blowing, it causes those roots, again, to hold on. When you, the storms of life, and you're showing forth the love of God, your roots are growing in love. You show forth that love in the midst of your storms, in the midst of your pressures. Guess what? Your roots are growing, rooted and grounded in love. God is looking for us. Watch this. In us. If Christ is in us, you're going to see over and over and over again, and he had compassion on them. And he had compassion on them. That's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Christ dwelling in your hearts, rooted in love. All right? The last one we're going to look at, because this is a problem that a lot of folks have, Colossians chapter 1, verse number 27. Because in the midst of everything that we go through, in the midst of everything that we see and really don't understand, and this is why, again, I constantly bring up the will of God when it comes to that kingdom come, that will be done. I bring that up because things look so bad. But you've got to understand, it looked real bad when Christ was going to the cross. It looked real bad when he was being um, scourged. It looked real bad, but it needed to look bad. Why? Because it's based on this word, and this word must come to pass, that the prophecy or the prophet may not be made out a liar, that the prophecy might be fulfilled. So it must come to pass. And I understand a lot of folks saying, well, it's crazy. You know what? It's crazy. Did you see this weather lately? 70 degrees one day, 30 degrees the next day. I tell folks you've got to be grateful for the good days. For those days that you have, if you don't like cold weather, thank God for the 70. And as believers, you got to understand that this has got to come to pass. Now, if it didn't come to pass, that makes the Bible a liar and the whole thing. Listen, you can't take a little part of it and make it a lie, and then the rest of it is true. If a part of it is a lie, all of it is a lie, it's got to come to pass. So not only that, but the turmoil that the earth is going to be in, in these last days, that the threat of war, the, the what is it, the rumors, rumors of, of war or, or those kind of things, they've got to come to pass. So what do we do? Lord, have your way. Do what you have to do. And if you've got to use me doing it, then, Lord, use me. Okay? Colossians chapter 1, verse number 27. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 27. New Living, New Living Translation. 
For God wanted them to know. And I think I wrote a note. Is it this one? No. Okay. Uh, New Living. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for the Gentiles, are for you Gentiles, too, which is a blessing. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. I don't know how much more plain it could be. Watch this. I want to, and I should have, I should have read this in the um, the King James first. Watch this. King James it says, "To whom God, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles." The mystery among, and this is what I'm saying when it comes to that will be done. Again, for some folks, it's still a mystery. They're not getting it. It happens. However, and and this is the same thing with me. I'm 53 years old. It didn't happen for me until this year. God was revealing it as I look back over things that he was doing. Matter of fact, I look back in 2015 when uh Again, I really started in on the Lord's Prayer. That was 2015. 2017, it really started to kick in heavy with me, and God started to reveal. So if you don't get it right off the break, I understand. But the thing is, you stay diligent in, in, in seeking the Lord and see if the Lord, this is what I'm, my desire for you as believers is that God will do the same way he's doing with me. And in your private time, in your devotional time, he'll start to drop scriptures in your spirit. He'll start to let you flip that Bible open to a particular text that starts to hammer. It reiterates to you that guess what? It's all about his will. The entire Bible is about his will. When Christ came, it's God's will. When he saved and when he opened the door, not just for Jews, but for Gentiles as well, again, that's us, him having us in mind, and then we have him in mind by turning our will over to his will. Lord, in every area of our lives, we turn it over to you. Lord, do what you have to do. Watch this. In him, what does it say at the end of the King James Bible? King James Bible, it says... uh, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, what? The hope of glory. Back to the living, New Living Translation. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. The hope of glory gives you assurance. Hold on, I want to read it in another one. Let's look. Okay, here we go. When it pertains to the hope of glory, and that is the assurance, the assurance is the only in the living Bible. Every last one of them, and I'm just scanning. Here we go. 
international, the internet, international standard version says, to whom God wanted to make known the glorious riches of this secret among the Gentiles. Now, I hope you hear it. When the King James said the mystery, and this is how God does it. See, when you're ready, and this is the part of the challenge, and, I, and I've said it over and over again, and this is a prelude into where we're going, that our vessels must be clean. I've, I've said it a lot at Mount Enid when it comes to who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord. He that has clean hands and a pure heart. This is somebody that is diligently looking over their lives and making sure that there is nothing in your life that, again, displeases God. That my goal, my aim is to keep God happy with what I, what I display. When that is your sincere desire, let me tell you something. When God sees in your heart, because he ain't looking on your outward appearance, he's not looking what other people are looking at and saying, oh, oh, you know what, she's really, really a good Christian lady. No, 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 he's looking at those hidden things. He's looking at those hidden thoughts. Every idle word, this is what the Bible says, every idle word you're going to give an account. So there are some things that we have in our lives that, again, displease God. And God says, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not opening up no mysteries to you. Why? Because you will prostitute the gift. You, will pro- you, won't, you won't take what I'm giving you seriously. That's why a lot of folks, they don't want to say it, but they ask in Jesus' name, they ain't got it. They ask this in Jesus' name, they don't have it. And guess what? God would not even give it to us. Why? Because, again, it is not when it says in Jesus' name. This is somebody who loves God so much that, again, the will of God is what you would ask for in Jesus' name. He's not, I'm telling you, I pray to God that somebody, somebody, anybody, oh, yeah, I'm I'm living like the devil, and I ask stuff in Jesus' name, and God just does it. No, 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 it may just so happen that that was coming to pass, and you ask, but no, he's not doing it. With who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord? Those that have clean hands and a pure heart. Yes, you may end up doing some things that are not godly, and God is still blessing you. Why? Because of your heart. It is not evil for the purpose in which you did it. And I often bring up the woman, uh, she's a prostitute, but her household was blessed. Why? Because the purpose in which she did what she did. No, not her evil acts, her dirt that she was doing, but when she did something righteous, when her heart was right towards God, God says, guess what? I'm going to bless you, Rahab. I'm going to bless your whole house. Anybody that's in your house, they're going to be saved. And it's happened more than once where, again, somebody that's not doing something that, quote, unquote, we call godly. However, when they do particular things on behalf of God, you'll see that God blesses them. Even the Gentiles who were not a part of the chosen family of God. However, God says, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Now clean your act up. Don't lie to the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you're lying to people, but don't lie. When they said Ananias and Sapphira, why have you lied to the Holy Ghost? This is the God in you. So here we have hope of being partakers of this glory. And let me tell you something, to reign, to be able to have eternal life, 
I don't know if we put enough credit on it. I don't know if we put enough uh, love for God and what he's allowing us to be able to partake of. The hope of glory. That's Christ in you. That's where we get it from. When we want to lose hope, guess what? When God is revealing the things that he's revealing in us, to us, through Christ, that gives you hope. Everything's going to be all right. Okay? Now, uh, I'm going to take these last 10 minutes because we're going to look at, not 10 minutes, yeah, about 10 minutes, a little bit more, where it says, as it is in heaven. So when we look at the way it is in heaven, you've got to look at God ruling as king. You've got to look at the war that's going on because they're still in the lower level of heaven. When we look at the higher level of heaven where the throne is and God is enthroned as king, that area where Satan and his imps cannot go, then when it says, Father, in me, have your way the way you're doing it in the throne room of heaven. Where they say the angels are around saying, holy, holy, holy. See, I spend a lot of my day, again, just thanking God. I spend a lot of my day just praising God. I spend a lot of my day just observing. When I observe nature, when I observe the, the, the ducks or the geese eating in the field, when I observe birds flying through the air, when I observe the insects, guess what? I'm blessing his name, the awesomeness of my God. When I observe, wow, I had cut myself, the, the sore, scabbed over, kept putting the medicine on it. It's, the, the, the scab even is just about gone. The body healing itself, man, I'm praising God. When you start to fascinate yourself with the wonders of God, there's a whole lot of things happening. I, I saw it the other day where packages for UPS, for them to deliver packages in in real, real um, country areas. And the young lady had to drive down this dirt road in order to get to this house. She didn't have to drive down there no more. They have droids in the top of the truck. Now, this is still in the test mode, but they take the package, put it in that droid, and the droid takes it and drone. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I knew I was saying that wrong. The drone. The drone takes it and flies it all the way to the doorstep of the house. Technology. But when I look at our God, where, again, a bird can go grab, and we had some big birds back in the day. Um, they're not that large now. Where they could go and grab something and carry it through the air. I'm looking at the fascination of God, even to the point of the drones and God to give man the technology in order to create the drone. So our fascination when it comes to thy kingdom come, thy will be done in me as it is in heaven to understand the fascinating, I'm talking anything that you can get. And see, some folks are not fascinated, even though they say the opportunity for you to go to heaven, you're not studying about heaven. You study about this and that. You study about what's on sale. You study about who's going to win this game. 
Um, you study about a whole lot of other things, but when it comes to being fascinated by God, and let me tell you something, I believe God is looking for those who are diligently seeking him. He said he rewards them. Listen, I, I don't know about you, what kind of reward you want. Well, Lord, if you're going to reward me for diligently seeking you, could I get a car? If you're going to reward me for diligently seeking you, could you give me a stack of 20s? Listen, God says in his word that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Let me tell you what a lot of folks get that they probably don't want, and and they may just bypass it. God opens up understanding as your reward. God reveals himself as your reward. I know, we're looking for the material things. But reward he rewards them that diligently seek him. By what? Letting them find him. When you start crying out and you don't stop, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. I'm not satisfied with where I am. I'm not satisfied with where I've been. I'm not satisfied, and I'm talking not for the sake of saying it because William McDowell said it in his song, not for the sake of saying it because somebody told you to say it, but where your heart really gets to the point, God, I need more of you, less of me and more of you, and you stay there. That's a part of your meditation where if that's the desire of your heart, and until, let me tell you something, you ain't getting that, you're not getting that kind of relationship until you seek him. And the Bible says clearly, you seek him, you'll find him. Knock, he's going to open doors. Open doors of understanding. Open doors of wisdom. Open doors of knowledge. Okay? So this is a place where, again, God grants you what you're looking for. In earth as it is in heaven. Now watch this. I'm, I'm back in as it is in heaven. Then watch when you go into verse number 11, and this is what we'll get into, uh, da, 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 what would that be? Would that be the first? March 1st. God willing, March 1st, we'll get into, give us this day our daily bread. Now, what you're going to find out is from 9 to 11 how they're linked together. Because if he's the king, if you're going to, um, his will is going to be done in you as it is in heaven, then you start to say, when it comes to his daily bread, what is God providing? Well, he's my king. He's providing everything. I know, I know it's, it's just a few little verses in Genesis. And where it talked about uh, before um, Eve was beguiled or Adam and Eve was beguiled uh, by the serpent. The, the life that they had with God, you better understand that's a glorious life. You don't have to do nothing. God is bringing everything to you. God is providing everything you need. This is why we relinquish our will for his will. This is why we say, God, thank you for letting Christ dwell in us. I'm, I'm, I'm very mindful of when Christ said, I, I, no, 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 I got to go away. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost won't come. And when the Holy Ghost comes and dwells in you, let me tell you something. That's going to be the best thing ever. You want me to leave so that the Holy Ghost is going to dwell in you. And you want to nurture that spirit. You don't want your spirit ruling. You want the Holy Spirit ruling. 
That's going to be, that would be your prayer. Father, let your spirit rule. Let your spirit reign in me. Everything you want me to say, every God, re, use me like a remote. I'll never forget. I was Now, again, I'm, I'm wondering if that's a part of the revealing where God heard my cry over and over again. Use me like a remote control. Tell me what to do. I don't want to do. I don't want to have my own thoughts. I want your thoughts. I don't want to have my own actions. And now I'm finding out more and more and more that when I do now things that, again, I would do grudgingly in times past, that there's a joy about doing it now. It's easier to do. I believe that's what happens when the new you takes, when it says old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. You're not looking at it the way you used to look at it. And I ain't satisfied with where I am. I really want to move forward. So when it says in me as it is in heaven, Lord, let me go. Let's watch this. Where I can go on the strength of the Holy Spirit. Where you reign in my life. And then it says, give us this day our daily bread, where everything I need, I already know it is your goal to provide it. I ain't got to ask for it. One of my surrogate daughters called, uh, text me, said, while I'm still in the hospital, pray for me. I text her back that the awesome will of God might be done in your life. I'm praying. Put my hands. I put my praying hands. Uh, I'm an emoji man. I like emojis. The little smiley faces and the praying hands and the thumbs up and things of that nature. And I put my praying hands and I said, I'm praying that the awesome will of God might be done. You say, well, that's not the kind of prayer she wants. She in the hospital. Pray that she gets well. Yeah, you're not there yet. You got to get there. That the awesome will of God might be done in your life. We're going to close out. Amen. Because I'm not going to just. Talk for the sake of talking, and my prayer is that even for these last few moments, you say, you know what? I had in my mind to be in Bible study until 8.30. I got a couple of minutes. I'm going to meditate. Father, have your way in their life. Let your awesome will be done. Show yourself mighty. Let the people of God Know who you are, love you for who you are, and let the love of God dwell in them richly. Let them be rooted and grounded in your love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Saints of God, love you. Uh, Look forward to talking to you, God willing, March 1st. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.